0: But
1: and that's that's where ahead. our focus needs to be so going forward. And on another time when we have a little bit more maybe, we should go over your grandfather's experience where he saw the three degrees of glory, and we have that in scripture and too and and how that people are delighted divided into. The celestial kingdom the celestial kingdom and the terrestrial kingdom and then the telestial kingdom but to have different degrees of glory because of their commitment to god and you know like in our plan of salvation we only talk about those that reach the celestial kingdom and we often think well the rest of them are all damned no matter where they are and that's even though know we skip over that there's more to this plan and that's where we start to come up with remnants. And uh, so now we have these groups that weren't so totally committed, but if they have to do another, a do-over or things like this, then would they don't get to be with us. They don't get to be with us in the same glory and stuff and how much we would cry and suffer if we have to go back and visit them in another area that they can't be with us. And so we need to keep our eyes totally focused on the end goal and the end game of the celestial kingdom and living with Christ in his glory and his kingdom that will be here upon the earth after it's baptized with fire and and cleansed from all iniquity, you know. But anyway, I don't know that we want to go too much more in depth there, but it's a powerful concept that really the only end to everything is to deny the Holy Ghost, which we don't completely understand, or to kill in innocent blood with a full knowledge and stop our, all of our progression and everything else.
0: You know, and talking about the Lord showing uh, the levels of glory that we can uh attain i remember that when it comes to the lower levels um here we go dnc 7647 just going to comment on this here hold on as you said it says uh uh talking about where the sons of perdition go it says uh which is another level, not a, not, as I recall, not a kingdom of glory. It says, Wherefore he saves all except them, meaning the sons of perdition, they shall go away into everlasting punishment, which is endless punishment, which is eternal punishment, to reign with the devil and his angels in eternity, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched, which is their torment. And the end thereof, neither the place thereof nor their torment no man knows. Neither was it revealed, neither is, neither will be revealed unto man, except to them who are made partakers thereof. Nevertheless, I, the Lord, show it by vision unto many, but straightway shut it up again. Now, I've read accounts where people saw, you know, this last place, and he people ask to not see it. They ask that it be taken away from them, and the Lord shuts it up. He wants us to focus on, the positive part of his plan where, you know, we have so many opportunities to inherit glory. Hopefully the ultimate glory is in his presence. Uh, any final thoughts on that topic? You know, Oh yes. There's, there's,
1: there's a movie out there called Flatliners that came out, you know, probably the early 90s, uh, late 80s where these doctors experimented by wanted to see the other side and they would inject themselves and go to the other side and then bring themselves back. And there are so many principles in there that were true in that when they went to the other side and they had not sought forgiveness, not sought to use the atonement to become one with Christ, that they relived the negative things they had done to others Not only did they have the knowledge of what they did, but they could be in the body of the person that they had harmed or brought ill to and had to live it through their eyes with the full knowledge that they have. And that is truly what hell is. And repeating that over and over and feeling the torment of what you did to somebody else and things, and Mm -hmm. they were given the opportunity to come back and to relive their lives and to seek forgiveness and get on that path again. And I think that that is so special, and I love the principle that that movie shows in that and how it tugs at your heartstrings in that way. Hmm.
0: Well, I know that there's a lot more to cover about future events. Is there anything, though, related to our premortal existence that? helps us to prepare or would help our listeners to prepare for the end times that we haven't covered
1: i would just like to remind everybody that i'm hoping that we can spark something within you a memory or something a type of person that you are that you will remember your given talent that you came here with to help out in these times ahead of us to join us together as one and that um we have to understand that as we see tribulation ahead of us what the whole purpose of it is for and to remember that underneath this wave that everything is seeing there is this wave of peace and christ-like stuff so that not only is the wickedness and the trial increasing but the righteousness and the togetherness and the feelings of heaven and building up the kingdom of zion and preparing for this thousand years of peace are building just like the city of Enik had built and they had done, but we have, he had what, 364 years or something to create his city. We're going to have about seven years. <laughs> mm. So it's such a challenge ahead of us, but we would not be here if we didn't, if they didn't think on the other side that we could pull this off. And how well, I know eyes are watching us at this time and counting on us.
0: I know that if we're given a short amount of time, if we go back to 1 Nephi 3, 7, if we're commanded to do something, the Lord's going to make a way, prepare a way for us to accomplish the thing that he commands us to do. And the fundamental purpose of this podcast is to understand that we are required and it is our great privilege to build up Zion and create a kingdom that jesus christ can come back can come back to in his second coming and he's not going to come until it's been started it's just not going to happen it's one of the prophecies that it must be on the earth when he comes and we have to we get the opportunity uh, to participate and i know that the acceleration of this process is going to occur once the wicked and the righteous are separated As I read in the scriptures, particularly 35 chapter 21, as Jesus Christ explains uh, the book of Isaiah to some extent, and the 10 tribes are going to come, and they're going to bring with them their knowledge and their scriptures, and they're going to assist in building the New Jerusalem, and of course, that's just the epicenter. There's a lot more going on in other places where the saints are gathered. And then we and have the
1: city of Beanie returning to help build the city of New Jerusalem. So we have that's right. two separate groups coming back, um, not just one.
0: So we're but going to get we're going to get it done, right, Sean?
1: <laughs> exactly. And you know the pattern of the old one. I mean, John the Baptist was sent as a forerunner to prepare the way for Christ, just like Isaiah talks about the servant that will come to be a forerunner to prepare the way for Christ to come. And so we have these distinctive patterns that we're going to find in the scriptures in the coming weeks as we see prophets that could see our day. And with the dreams and visions of mine and others, it will strengthen what these scriptures are saying and hopefully help our listeners to prepare and know that there's a plan that we need not fear. I hope that that will work with you, need not fear.
0: So when it comes to individual preparation, I can't encourage you enough, if you are a member of the church, to seek out your patriarch and get a patriarchal blessing. And if you have already received it, break it out and review it and ponder and pray over the meaning of those uh, inspired words. And I would also encourage you beyond that because that might set a general pattern for your life. But I would also encourage you to seek out um, priesthood blessings. And I can testify to you as a person who's been privileged to give a few blessings in my life, that if the Holy Spirit is present, and for those of you who are uh, blessed with the priesthood authority to give a blessing, uh, if you I, what I like to do is say a prayer before giving a blessing and invite the Spirit to be there and on some occasions to cast out any adverse spirits to make sure they're not going to come around during the blessing. Okay. That's just something that I've done for many, many years. Anyway, when you have that opportunity, I will tell you, I will tell the people receiving a blessing and the people giving the blessing that the giver, just meaning the, the instrument in the hands of the Lord is going to find out exactly how much, The Lord knows about his children because if you are a conduit for the spirit you're going to learn things about that person when you have your hands on their head that you had no idea and I have seen or felt the Lord's love concern and his treasuring of his children giving a blessing I learned as I mentioned in a prior podcast and I want to say it again I have learned more about my children when my my hands have been upon their heads, then all the time I've lived with them. And what the Lord, you know, these are chosen vessels and to see his children through his eyes is truly uh, a privilege.
1: You know, Craig, I I don't want to overlook, you know, you and I have studied some things for years, like uh, when people have raised others from the dead. And in those circumstances, they wash their hands and face in preparatory to giving the blessing and how once we understood that, I started doing that. And what a difference it made in being a tool in Heavenly Father's hand or being a mouthpiece or a conduit for him when I prepared myself in that way by washing my hands and face beforehand.
0: I've never done that uh, before, but I have done the prayer and uh the prayer has been uh maybe there's different ways to prepare and maybe i should try that method but i do know that yeah there are there are just certain steps we can take to prepare and i just wanted to say that um the lord the lord knows you um any holder of the priesthood who's had a chance to set somebody apart for a calling or give it Child, a blessing before starting school, which is usually when I've given my blessings to my children. Or uh, if they're going on a mission, give them a father's blessing. It's such a privilege. I really hope you, brethren out there, will uh, seek opportunities, invite your family members or whoever, if you feel impressed, someone else, uh, you know, be available for people who need to be. Uh, Encouraged, or who need to be lifted up and feel the Lord's love for them, the Lord has uh, just one requirement, and that is a willing heart to receive a blessing and a willing heart to be the mouthpiece of the Lord. And you'll just see great things happen, and and you'll get better at it as you have opportunities to serve that way.
1: I truly testify that is true as. I had opportunity in the VA hospital to give blessings and thought that I was inadequate. And yet the Heavenly Father used me and as a weak and young man and not knowing much because I was willing that I was able, the Heavenly Father was able to bless the lives of others through my willingness to help. The with Lord life. has said, I'm sorry. Just saying with blessings, yeah.
0: The Lord has said, if we will open our mouths, that they will be filled. It's a really simple formula. And uh, it does take courage uh, to, to do it when you haven't had that muscle exercised. But when you try it, just like bearing your testimony in church, if you want to get a testimony, go up and open up your mouth and see what comes out, because the angels will be there to catch you and they will give you the words. Um, there's no better way to, uh, give a, to learn how to give a blessing than to just trust in the Lord, because you have to remember, it's not you doing it. <laughs> that's the thing. Um, I try not to ever say anything in a blessing unless the, unless I feel prompted to say the words. And if I have to leave my hands on their head longer than what may be uh, socially acceptable, that's the way it's going to be. Cause I'm not going to say anything that the spirit doesn't prompt me. But at the same time, if I have ideas going through my head about what I should say, if I don't say them, I will lose the spirit. You have to act on your promptings when giving a blessing and not be afraid to say the words and the thoughts that are coming to your mind. Just say them. And if you start to say them and speak them, the spirit will support you in what you're saying. Or it will correct you and say, that's not exactly right. And you just just go plow ahead. And it's a muscle that you can exercise. And it is so needed. People need to know that the Lord loves them. And there's nothing more personal than giving a blessing. And here's a couple of reasons why. One, you're the mouthpiece of the Lord. And number two, there's a good chance that if you've been asked to give a blessing, someone has already been pondering and struggling for an answer. I can't tell you how many times when I've given a blessing, someone has said, you answered every single concern that I've been thinking about. And uh, what an opportunity to give someone a reinforcement that the Lord loves them and that he knows what they want and what they need. And that to get that from another person is a witness. And their their love for the Lord grows. Their confidence in the Lord grows. So, brethren, it's such a powerful tool, giving blessings I, I hope that you'll do use it. It's a
1: step that just will be so needed in the future, and by doing it a little now and a little here, that we'll be ready for what's ahead of us. Our uh, lives count upon the blessings, and our loved ones and our family members will, there'll be life and death, whether or not we can give a blessing. So it is that important.
0: Well, in closing, Sean, I think next time we we have the discussion, why don't we talk about there's been lots of uh, scriptural and uh, prophetic accounts about the last days, and maybe we can, they're so consistent with one another. I mean, I haven't read many prophecies about what happens in, in Africa, for example, but there's been a ton of visions revelations uh prophetic statements made about what's going to happen in the united states of america or in the americas and i I think sometime we could talk about those things
1: yeah i mean we started to talk about the financial reset and i think as we go on the the next step is that triggering of the next few events of the civil war and things that occur during that time period and and uh talking about what the Lord will be doing behind the scenes to strengthen these people and to build these people step-by-step as we go through this period of seven years.
0: And this is directly related to what we learn about in the war in heaven. The number one move, the number one move is to take away our agency. This is the fundamental key. And this is what they're working on is to consolidate power into the hands of a few who think they know better but in many cases are godless non-believers seriously involved in sins that block their judgment and cloud their ability to commune with the Lord and know the Lord's will okay and in some cases which uh I can't point fingers exactly, but it's pretty obvious to me that in some cases they're directly communicating with either adverse spirits or Satan. Because we know since the time of Cain that there's been plans that by murdering to get gain, this is the great secret. And Sean alluded to it as well. Sean was shown how he could advance himself in the world and be worldly, and be wealthy, and be successful if he would just accept Satan as his God, let's say. And there are people who have already agreed to do that. And some of these plans are covert, and some of them are not so covert anymore. We're seeing the unveiling. As the Lord said, shouting from the rooftops, we're going to see everything unfolding. And it's being unrolled right now, no doubt about it, you know, in a, in a, at a scale that I've never seen in my whole life.
1: Yes, yes, it is. And don't let it overwhelm you and don't let fear overtake you because God has a plan and we have the scriptures as our guide.
0: We have everything we need. The spirit is ready to be poured out. Joel chapter two, the spirit will be poured out upon his people upon old men young men and women everyone it's the lord is begging for us as we said last time the angels just are waiting for a prayer a wisp of a prayer they have been prepared to assist us but we have to unlock it because why because the lord cannot force his will upon us okay we are the boots on the ground Boots on the ground. We are the boots. And the boots need to be asking for the Lord. And they are so ready to help. It isn't even close, is it, Sean? The power of the Lord versus the power that Satan wields. All Satan can wield is the power that people give him. Okay, God has power that far exceeds. His power does not arise from whether we decide to listen to him or not, does it, Sean?
1: No, not at all. In fact, everything that Lucifer and that group does, is an imitation of God. They have no power to create. Uh, It's all an imitation of those things, and that's why we see so many holy and sacred symbols and sacred things being changed or slightly changed to signify him to lead us away from God and think that they are in charge.
0: Satan has no originality. God has a kingdom. He wants a kingdom god does this he tries to do that it's always a counterfeit just like a counterfeit bill he has no originality whatsoever uh and but he's good at imitation and the imitation can look in some ways like the real thing so we have to be careful but the elect will not be deceived okay we that's why i have to be vigilant just like uh, we're described describes in matthew chapter 24 Vigilant, we have to look for the signs, and the Lord tells us to be of good cheer, and uh, that is the goal: is to not not be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. Uh, I I keep thinking back about the time in the Book of Acts when the apostles are oh. imprisoned, beaten, uh, and scolded, and told to quit preaching, <laughs> and it says they left the prison, rejoicing that they could suffer shame for the Savior. And they went right back out and kept preaching. It didn't slow them down even for a second. So that's a kind of courage. And why? Because inside they were bursting with joy, bursting with joy and happiness in the spirit. It didn't even come close to the persecution that they were experiencing. So be of good cheer. We love you and thank you for listening in. If you have any ideas, uh, please feel free to send an email to myvisionofzion at gmail.com or just call Sean if you know Sean or or maybe you should uh, uh, share the podcast or subscribe so that you can get automatic downloads. This is going to be broken up into several pieces. This is a long one, but I'll break it up. We kind of went topically through some things, so we'll break it up and hope you enjoy it. And we'll be back again next week. Thanks again, Sean.
1: You bet. Have a good evening.